This podcast is brought to you by Audible. Have you been wanting to read more, but don't seem to have the time? Well, with Audible, you can read your books without having to find the extra time in your busy schedule. Stuck in traffic on your way home from work? Why not marathon the Harry Potter books? In the gym and want to learn about the First Lady? Well, you can listen to Becoming Michelle Obama while doing leg day. And if you go to audibletrial.com cultivate, you get a month free of Audible. That includes one credit that you can trade in for any audiobook of your choice, access to thousands of audiobooks free to listen to with your account, and best of all, you have access to all of your favorite podcasts in the app as well. So be sure to go to my link, audibletrial.com cultivate. That's C-U-L-T-I-V, the number eight, to sign up for a free month of Audible and start reading today. Thank you, Audible, for supporting the show. This podcast is brought to you by Audible. Have you been wanting to read more, but don't seem to have the time? Well, with Audible, you can read your books without having to find the extra time in your busy schedule. Stuck in traffic on your way home from work? Why not marathon the Harry Potter books? In the gym and want to learn about the First Lady? Well, you can listen to Becoming Michelle Obama while doing leg day. And if you go to audibletrial.com cultivate, you get a month free of Audible. That includes one credit that you can trade in for any audiobook of your choice, access to thousands of audiobooks free to listen to with your account, and, best of all, you have access to all of your favorite podcasts in the app as well. So be sure to go to my link, audibletrial.com cultivate, that's C-U-L-T-I-V, the number eight, to sign up for a free month of Audible and start reading today. Thank you, Audible, for supporting the show. Hi, Fred. My name is Josh Shell, host of the Let's Start a Cult podcast, the only podcast that takes two months off and doesn't tell anyone. Some people call it avoiding responsibilities. I call it hibernation. Now, with that out of the way, let me introduce to you my guests this episode. They are from the awesome and funny From the Middle podcast, a comedy podcast that talks about anything from pop culture to news with a perspective that's somewhere in the middle. Please welcome Dylan, Kendall, and Corey to the show. How are you guys doing? Good to be here. Doing really good, man. Thanks for having us. Yeah, this is great. I'm super excited. I love your podcast. You guys are absolutely hilarious. But before we start, I have to ask you guys if you like conspiracy theories. And if so, what is your favorite conspiracy theory that you've heard? Or one that you believe, maybe? (laughs) (laughs) Do I like conspiracy theories? As in, like, think they're ha-ha funny? Or like... (laughs) Yeah, yeah, ha-ha funny. (laughs) You find them amusing. All right, good, good. I do find them amusing. I don't know if I can come up with a particular one at the moment, but I mean, the 9-11 was an inside job. Like that was a classic. It was, that is a, that is a classic. And it's, it's funny to hear in my head. I, I chuckle a lot when I, when I start reading conspiracy theories and start asking questions to people who believe even little bits of this stuff, because the stories just get crazier, the more questions you ask. Oh yeah. And so that's that's a fun activity if you <laughs> if you know a conspiracy theorist. If you're just bored one day, you just ask conspiracy theorist <laughs> questions. Just start calling conspiracy theorists. <laughs> I I have to say my favorite if we're playing the to laugh at him game is the the flat earthers one. Ooh. Man, I just I'm blown away that there's that's flat earthers all around the globe that think it's flat. And it's 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 just funny. I I don't know what else to say other than it's just funny. Well, have you ever seen a football field? It's flat. I don't know. (laughs) How can it be round? (laughs) Yeah. And I love I love the experiments that they do with like the lasers and trying to and they're still 
their own math suggests that there's curve and then they're like but we must have done it wrong it's like that's not how experiments work we're we're gonna do our own research and then when it's when it agrees against us then we will disagree with it exactly that yeah my answer would be we've done 103 episodes of our podcast and you'd be surprised josh how many times the fact that mcdonald's ice cream machines never seem to be working comes up and it turns out Wired Magazine did a really in-depth article claiming that there's this huge conspiracy by the milkshake machine manufacturer and crazy. But no, that's more of a joke. One. But <laughs> I think as a kid, even I liked the Sasquatch and UFO late night shows. And even as an adult, man, when I saw Bob Lazar on Joe Rogan talking about his experience <laughs> at Area 51, yeah. I was pretty close to being convinced. So, Well, didn't they come out like the government came out with a bunch of UFO stuff. I mean, it, it could just yeah. be to stir the pot, but <laughs> no, the military has said like, yeah, UFOs are real. Yeah. I mean, all that means is it's unidentified objects. They don't sure. actually, it right. might not mean aliens necessarily. But not so. if you ask Tom DeLonge. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's another one of my favorite pastimes is listening to Tom DeLonge talk. By the way, Josh, before we get started, man, I have to say, I was telling my wife that I was coming on the show and the whole premise to me feels like a&E or History Channel hooked up with Mel Brooks <laughs> to do a docuseries. So I love your podcast. That's the best way I could describe it to her. And I mean that in the, the nicest, most complimentary way. So fantastic show, man. Keep the Mel Brooks spirit alive. It's like watching the producers in springtime for, Hit, you know, play out springtime for Hitler. You don't know whether you're supposed to like laugh or, or like be offended, but it's a beautiful thing. So keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, it's like a car wreck. You can't look away, but <laughs> amazing to watch. But I appreciate that that compliment, Dylan. I will give you more airtime now. So <laughs> thank you. Yes. So the reason I ask you guys about conspiracies is because in this episode of Let's Start a Cult, we will be talking about QAnon. A movement, yes. <laughs> a movement born from an internet messaging board that in the space of four years managed to infiltrate the United States presidency, leading to a slew of disturbing incidents, from blatant misinformation to accusations of pedophilia and a deadly capital insurrection, this movement has affected American society in ways no one ever imagined. So, from your reaction, I can tell you have an idea of who QAnon is, yeah. and at this point, I don't know if anyone doesn't know who QAnon is. I, I would say most Americans probably know have no details, but it's something kind of affiliated with Trump fans. Right. So more people will know more if they're into Reddit and some of the, you know, darker parts of the web. But yeah, certainly familiar with the whole whatever we want to call it. Conspiracy is the best word, I guess. But the whole whole thing. Yeah. One of my favorite comedians now canceled, Chris oh. D'Elia, his brother, Matt D'Elia has a podcast called Matt D'Elia is Confused. And he did a deep dive into QAnon about a year ago. And I was out enraptured. I could not believe what I was hearing. So that was my first exposure to uh, that group. Now, does his brother also text underage women? <laughs> <laughs> was he infiltrating his brothers? Like, because <laughs> the pedophilia, you know. Maybe that's how he had the inside scoop. And that's why he did the write-up. It's all projection, right? He knew about there it, There you yeah. go. That, it's all connecting. Yeah, I was going to say, what a connection you got there. <laughs> We're starting our own conspiracy cult. <laughs> we'll call it from the middle. Let's start from the middle. That's there we go. It joins our names. Yeah. <laughs> I got it. Yeah, there we go. All right. Well, let's jump into QAnon because there is a lot to get to. Given that QAnon is a relatively new organization, its origins remain murky and largely unknown. 
However, many believe that this far-right group of conspiracy theorists can be traced back to an online forum, 4chan, where sometime around 2017 a mysterious figure known as Q began publishing bizarre posts that claimed the existence of a shadowy state controlling the United States. There were also posts that were incredibly inflammatory, making descriptive allegations about specific people. For instance, there was Pizzagate, a theory that claimed former United States Secretary of State Hillary Clinton was running an international child sex ring out of a pizzeria in Washington, D.C., <laughs> which is ridiculous. <laughs> Why out of a pizzeria? Like, that seems like... You could find somewhere that's not as busy, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, why not just go straight for the, like the unmarked white van? Yeah, if you're gonna do that. Just <laughs> why a pizza shop? At least you're mobile then. That's got to start out as a I don't know as like a maybe a local rumor of some kind that then somebody grabs a hold of. There's a there's a restaurant we're in uh, Columbus, Ohio, and one of my favorite restaurants downtown like it's a lot of people believe that there is a there's this back door that sometimes you see employees go in and out of and it leads <laughs> to this courtyard outside and people are convinced that the mob runs this restaurant and that's where their meeting is in that courtyard and i had people telling me that who i was eating with as people were going in and out of that door and i'm like eh, are you are you sure? Because, <laughs> I mean, I've seen everybody who's gone in and out of that. There are court, idiots that I, work here. <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't also, let them work here. <laughs> is is this like the whole idea of shadow organizations? Does this feel a little bit like the sand pits and like the, the lava floor as a kid? You thought you were going to grow <laughs> up and these were going to be problems all the time. Are there really specter organizations around the globe or is it more like Dr. Evil's? I, you know, I, I just I, yeah. I think we all think it's shadow organizations are going to be a much bigger problem when we grow up than they than they actually are. <laughs> I think there's just wealthy people who like power and they just kind of want to keep the power yeah. and money that they have. I think it's much simpler than that. Yeah. yeah. Shadow organizations and quicksand are the <laughs> yeah. one in the two same. biggest disappointments in adulthood. Yeah. Man, isn't it true? Yeah, I think you're right, honestly, because I always lean on the side of people are dumber than you expect them to be usually like uh, to play it safe. You know what I mean? Like, like you think of the most average, like smart person, you know, like the most average intelligence, there's like half the population that's dumber than them. So like, yeah. it's just, it's playing the numbers and, and to have everything line up in this shadowy state that's run perfectly and executed without, without a flaw. It, it just seems a little bit, too out of like it, it's out of the out of the realm of possibility Man. i believe yeah. the bottom just dropped out of my self-esteem now <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah we i think we can err on the side of idiocracy i think that's that that film was uh very enlightening so we can go that route perfect there we go <laughs> yeah. this idea may seem preposterous but it was quickly spread uh, across the internet thanks to other high profile far-right figures like political commentator mike chernovich and radio show host Alex Jones, both of whom brought it to the attention of their thousands of followers. In fact, it became so influential and believable that it spurred a 28-year-old North Carolina man named Edgar Madison Welch to drive 360 miles to the nation's capital, where he stormed the pizzeria in question, armed with an AR-15 assault rifle, a Colt revolver, and a shotgun. <laughs> because uh, if you're going to do it, do it right, I guess. <laughs> like. <laughs> Yeah. Now, for anyone listening outside the U.S., that sounds like a lot of guns, but that's p kind of par for the course for a lot of America. So those those could have just as easily been on a park bench near where he ended up. 
and he just grabbed him to use him. So That's true. I wouldn't necessarily read into that one too much. Um, he, he went to, he went to the local mall, Walmart right beside it picked them up and then went next door. <laughs> yeah, that's also very likely. Yeah. And did you say Colt C-O-L-T revolver or Colt C-U-L-T revolver? <laughs> I, ah. uh, double entendre. We're, uh, yeah, Colt. <laughs> Just so that everyone knows, I'm not part of the shadowy organization. I'm recording in my closet right now, so <laughs> they're not paying me enough if I am. <laughs> to be fair, that is what you would say if you were in the organization, though. I'm just going to point that out. That's fair. Yeah. You yeah. got me backed into the corner of my closet. <laughs> Upon finding no trace of se- child sex slaves, Welch surrendered to law enforcement and was ultimately sentenced to four years in prison. So you kind of feel bad for the guy. Like, he, he was on a quote-unquote noble quest in his mind, which if there was pedophilia, he was doing the right thing. But, you know, maybe do some recon first before you you run in there with guns (laughs) a-blazing. Yeah. I I mean, I I don't even know that that place had a basement. And and frankly, it's hard to run any kind of organization out of a pizza shop. They're too small. I think, uh, seriously, though, it's, it's easy to see how if somebody is convinced that they're doing a noble thing, that it would feel worthwhile to at least go investigate. Yeah. And I empathize because I think it's it's much easier with 24-hour news networks and social media. It's much easier to be convinced of things when you're looking for things that validate what you want to be true. And I, I think it's it's much easier to feel, to to not realize you're being radicalized and feel emboldened to to go do what you feel is right. So I do empathize to a degree, but he also could have gone without guns. So, <laughs> Yeah, there's there's a level of empathy and and then there's just stupidity and it, it's somewhere in the middle, you know, <laughs> like, I don't know, man. I mean, realistically, you've got eight dollar an hour like workers at the pizza shop. <laughs> he probably could have just walked behind the counter, took a look around and then left. No yeah. one's going to say anything. It's not worth putting up a fight. So, <laughs> he, you know, he, he could have just taken a look around and then left. They were like, oh, it's the meth fight. addict again. He's coming back. <laughs> 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 yeah, you're exactly right. It, it definitely could have been handled better. So you feel a little bad, but it's... Uh, Definitely not the smartest move. Please don't do that. While QAnon is often associated with Pizzagate, it only really emerged in the wake of this issue. On October 28th, 2017, the anonymous user Q made his first post on 4chan, claiming to be someone with high-level government security clearance, aka Q-level clearance, which meant that he was privy to the nation's top secrets. In a thread titled The Calm Before the Storm, he further made cryptic references to an incident that he referred to as a storm saying that it was about to come. This coincided with comments made October 5th by then-President Donald Trump, whom the media cited as saying that, quote, maybe it's the calm before the storm, end quote. When pushed for answers, though, he only vaguely replied that the people would soon find out what he was talking about. So <laughs> Trump de- definitely fed into this narrative. I don't know if he knew or not, but his... His very cryptic and, and weird wording of languages definitely fit in with internet culture, so it could just be a coincidence. I mean, they're pretty, it's a pretty well-used phrase, calm before the storm, so it's right. definitely probably more of a coincidence than anything, <laughs> but... I, you know, I could see him jumping on board. He seems to be more of a hamburger taco salad kind of guy anyway, <laughs> so... You know, I could see him sort of, you know, I don't care for pizza, so fine, you know, just run with it. <laughs> So that's very possible. I think, yeah, there's, you get a, you get a large enough group of people that all listen to the same person speak. And if that person has any kind of power, 
chances are like somebody's going to start a cult <laughs> based on something that you said, which was completely innocuous, but enough people were like, well, this is what he meant. <laughs> we must follow this word by law. I still can't get over the pizza place thing because it's just <laughs> pizza is something that is so personal to me, um, <laughs> near and dear to my heart. I, I don't want to. I don't want to say that I'm part of a pizza cult. Do you love cheese pizza? <laughs> I stay away from the cheese pizza. <laughs> well, from what I've heard, order the cheese pizza, you get arrested. Gets in trouble, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we, we talk about pizza all the time on our podcast. Like in a normal way, though. In a normal not way. like a cult, like not like we're trying to like send messages to followers kind of way. Just yeah, like I, a, we, we have the words the underground pizza in an episode title. Yeah, Kendall's making it seem weird. So I, I don't know. I think we should all go back and download your episodes and see if we can put together some, That's all I'm some sort of That's code of I'm message. Saying. That's a great idea. Everybody do that. Yeah. For purposes of investigation, make sure our YouTube channel is on repeat until you're sure you've heard every word. Yeah, rate and review. <laughs> That'll show us. Uh, any interactions. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't take long for Q's post to make waves across 4chan, with many referring to his published messages as Q drops. His claim about a storm took a life of its own, too, and soon it led to theories about public executions and widespread arrests of high-profile figures proven to be child traffickers and pedophiles. This included Hillary Clinton, who was still believed to be involved in an international child sex ring, even though the Pizzagate thing was a dud, they still they still somehow <laughs> rope Hillary Clinton into this, even though Bill definitely has, you know, Jeffrey Epstein and inappropriate sex acts. Like, yeah. he, he seems like he'd be the one with a target on his back. You know what I mean? <laughs> Sometimes if you play innocent long enough, people will just, maybe people think he's dumb. I don't know. I, we just said half of people are less smart than you think they are. So maybe he's just trying to play, play dumb a little bit and people don't accuse him of anything. I think Hillary is more outspoken and she takes, you know, she takes politics. I don't want to say more seriously. He was the president. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, she's still more involved than he seems to be at this point. So maybe it's just easier to put a target on her back. That's true. I think, yeah. If you run for president, there is a target on you. Like, no matter what, people yeah. are going to come after and say all kinds of things. Yeah. yeah, if you're if you're high profile in our country, Democrat or Republican, you've already got a target on your back. So, from at the bare minimum, from the other half of the country that you don't represent, at the bare minimum, true. <laughs> she wasn't the only focus of that year's conspiracy theories, though. For instance, the billionaire investor and philanthropist George Soros was said to be the mastermind of the movement called Purple Revolution which aimed to topple the Trump administration. <laughs> Additionally, football player Colin Kaepernick's kneeling protests were allegedly Soros's brainchild too, with far-right talking head Tommy Lauren tweeting, quote, Congrats to Colin Kaepernick for popularizing the hatred of America. Good work, bro. Your buddy George Soros is so proud. Hashtag I stand, end quote. Yeah, first of all, I don't think anyone really listens to Tommy Lauren. Second, um, <laughs> that's where I don't buy this anymore. Purple Revolution sounds like a new Prince album. And second, <laughs> if George Soros really was behind Colin Kaepernick's thing, he would have found a quarterback job somewhere. It wouldn't have been hung out to dry. You know, Whether you agree or disagree with yeah. him or not, George Soros would have got him on another team. That's fair. So Kneeling for somewhere I, else. Well, if you're, if you're coordinating the whole thing, like... You need Kaepernick to be a victim, don't you? Yeah, but only for like a year. 
he doesn't he doesn't need to sit out five seasons or however <laughs> long he could have played. If he doesn't like, need the money, he's got Soros money. No, I don't I don't buy that. That that to me is where the whole well, that and the, the new Prince album is where it all falls apart <laughs> for me. This is this is the thing with this stuff, is like the things that I just said, somebody somebody could take and just be like, okay, well that's the answer. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and actually believe it. Yeah. I made that up. <laughs> Just now, <laughs> I just made that up. Like I didn't read it anywhere. It's going to be clipped and just I didn't repeat see it anywhere. <laughs> thrown on 4chan. I don't. I don't have. I don't even have a fake phone call. I literally made that up just now. And it's going to spiral and <laughs> become the next insurrection. <laughs> yes, I, I do agree. If you're willing to suspend logic and reason, that would be a great point. And I think anyone could get behind that that wants to get behind it. So that's totally fair. If you already don't like Colin Kaepernick, you literally just need somebody to say something that kind of makes sense. And then you're like, yep, that's what I believe now. And, And you can flip it around just as easily. If there's something that you don't like on the other side, then you can just as easily, all you need is half of an excuse to not like somebody and you can jump on it. No, exactly. And I've got to give, I've got to give Tommy Lauren a hard time because her, she just gets throttled on Twitter. Like everything that she says is just nonstop. Some people probably <laughs> do like her. I don't even know. When I said, I have no idea. But she just gets throttled. God bless her. She needs to stay off Twitter and just keep doing her new show, if if that, because they they are not kind. The Twitterverse is not kind to her. Yeah, um, I don't know and, if she uh, cares. She's making a lot of money just triggering oh, people. I'm sure, so. <laughs> I'm sure she does, and I'm sure it's working very well. The the whole entertainment aspect to what she does, but yeah, it's it's. Sometimes it's still hard to watch, even if you know it's kind of a planned thing. Yeah, it's like my show. It's a car wreck. You can't look away. <laughs> You're not sure whether you should laugh or cringe. It's a- oh, that's yeah. not true. <laughs> this show is a bright young girl with a future. Wow. Who's going to get railed in college? <laughs> oh, yeah, <geez. laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I don't know what we're going to leave it at that. I'll let you visualize that however you want. <laughs> we don't need to visualize it either. We could just no, not. I need we you to. <laughs> These kinds of theories continued to spread throughout the Internet through the fall of 2017. The following year, an investigation conducted by NBC News discovered that the dissemination was facilitated by Tracy Diaz, Paul Ferber and Cole Rogers, all of whom took credit for transforming the Q drops from obscure messages into public accepted facts. All three individuals were incredibly influential in the world of the far right. Coleman and Ferber were both moderators on 4chan, while Diaz was a popular YouTuber whose conspiracy theory channel drew in millions of views. Ah, the early times of YouTube. (laughs) For them, building a following for QAnon seemed to be a one-way ticket to success, which is why they did everything they could to ensure that the Q drops were spread. This was a mere foreshadowing of the role that the influencers would play in the rise of QAnon. By 2018, its massive following had already outgrown 4chan, and it was forced to move to another online messaging board called 8chan, which was later renamed to 8kun. This platform was owned and maintained by American businessman Jim Watkins, along with his son Ron. They're terrible people in their own right, but we don't get into them much more. They just kind of own 8chan, and... I will say this, there is conspiracies that they are now queuing on because they own the messaging boards that he posts from, and they are the only ones that can confirm or deny his identity, quote unquote. So it's a little bit- conspiracy has conspiracies. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. Do you think we have some kind of new timey wisdom, like 
give a man a conspiracy, he'll be, you know, <laughs> engaged for a day. Give a man 8chan, he'll be engaged for life. Like, is this some kind of new warning that we have? Well, he won't be engaged. He'll be single for life, but. (laughs) Well, I didn't mean married, but engaged in the conspiracy. I I, I don't know. It feels like some kind of new warning that we have now that we can use. Somebody can meme it and then we can share it around. Yeah, we'll we'll work on the the wording. I I like where you're going with it. That's definitely a, a good start. We'll. We'll put a poll out and see what we can get going for the new warning. <laughs> yeah, I figure I'll have time because I'm getting kicked off my podcast after this. So um, <laughs> I should have plenty more time to make memes and share articles and things. So we, got, be great. we got tons of room over here. You guys are all welcome on my podcast. <laughs> well, it's a closet. I wouldn't say tons of room, but okay. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> uh, I could pull up another chair. We could all fit into two chairs. Okay, cool. <laughs> The year 2018 was marked by QAnon making it into the mainstream. From a fringe group spreading conspiracy theorists on the internet, it had grown to an actual movement whose paraphernalia and merchandise became increasingly visible during pro-Donald Trump gatherings across the United States. In fact, a rally that took place on July 31st, 2018 in Tampa, Florida, saw several people wearing uh, the shirts emblazoned with the, the statement, We are Q. So I don't know if you guys have seen these shirts. They're They're... It literally just says, we are Q. Like, it's not a very creative shirt. Do you think they use, like, Public or what kind of merch <laughs> site do you think that they use? I think they used Hanes and Sharpie. Okay. <laughs> Could be. They, I think that's yeah. their... Meredith on their corner store made them for these, <laughs> these yeah. people. Do these people have a name? These we are Q people, like other than the, the, they call themselves Q, oh. or do they call themselves Q drips. I want to sh- call them Q drips. Cuties. They should be cuties. Cuties. <laughs> They're the Q drips. Yeah, I like that. Dropping um, Q drops everywhere. Q drops everywhere. I don't know. I don't want any of those drops on me. <laughs> that sounds disgusting. He's trying to spread it. Okay. <laughs> That's the nature of the Q. Yeah. This. Uh, <laughs> This podcast has become more sexualized than I thought it was going to be, but <laughs> I didn't do that. <laughs> With QAnon increasingly becoming popular, those who had initially written it off as some kind of online prank were finally forced to face it head on. According to journalist Adrian LaFrance on The Atlantic, quote, QAnon is em- emblematic of modern America's susceptibility to conspiracy theories and its enthusiasm for them. But it is also already much more than a loose collection of conspiracy minded chat room inhabitants. It is a movement united in a mass rejection of reason, objectivity, and other enlightenment values. And we are likely closer to the beginning of this story than the end. The group harnesses paranoia to fervent hope and a deep sense of belonging. The way it breathes life into an ancient preoccupation with end times is also radically new. To look at QAnon is to see not just a conspiracy theory, but the birth of a new religion. End quote. Very dark quote. <laughs> that is interesting. So like as a, as a conspiracy theory and having a connection to end times, like that might be new, but if you look at it as a cult, it's par for the course. It right? tracks. Yeah. It's it's hundred percent. It hits all the movements. It's got a leader. It's got a set of beliefs, people that will follow it to, uh, and fight tooth and nail for it. And it does have end times, which we will get to eventually. So it, it hits all the main points of a, of a cult, which is, scary that so many people are in it yeah i it's fun to be able to come on and kind of you know poke fun and but there is a a, there is a very seriously scary side of you know what what part responsibility is on news networks slash can't even call it news because it's got to be legally be called entertainment 
Um, what part of that falls on social media platforms? You've got people isolated and they want a sense of community and they, they found people who echo their beliefs. And then there's this overlap with all this fringe information and anyone can go start. I can go to any social platform and make a hyper progressive or hyper conservative page and share memes and, and literal fake news all day. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's genuinely scary. And then all it takes is one person reading something and they go to somebody that they trust and tell them, and that person trusts them enough that they mm-hmm. believe just enough of it, that that stuff can spread very quickly, whether it's in a religious group or it, not, not a QAnon religious group, like a normal religious group, a community group, some kind of social thing. Like it can happen anywhere, but it's genuinely terrifying. And there's, a, there's plenty of fault to go around. It's fun to poke fun at a little bit and, and have some laughs, but it is it is genuinely a bit scary that this could be the beginning of of something that grows and and gets much more gnarly over time. Yeah. And to further your point, if you put it on Facebook or Twitter and you throw a hundred bucks at it, you could have that post, that meme in front of thousands of people within the Mm -hmm. day. Like, you know what I mean? So I agree with, with everything you said there. This perfectly encapsulates what QAnon had become. In 2018, it was clear that it was no longer a far-right group whose conspiracy theories were fueled by the internet. Rather, it was now an actual movement that had managed to gather thousands of members, all of whom staunchly believed in its message, no matter how ridiculous they sounded to the rest of the world. The core beliefs of QAnon were hinged on three main concepts, with the first being an ongoing battle between good and evil, in which the former was represented by former President Trump along with his closest allies, Together, they were locked in an endless yet secret war against the country's most elite, most of whom worshipped Satan and practiced pedophilia, (laughs) which I don't know if pedophiles are worshipping Satan since if they believe in it, he's going to be the one torturing them once he gets down, once they get down there. So don't know if they thought that all the way through, but its believers also awaited two major events. The storm, which referred to widespread arrests of influential figures in high power positions, and the Great Awakening which was said to be the time when the entire world would recognize QAnon's messages as real and accurate. Afterwards, society would finally be able to enter the age of utopia for which it was truly meant. So if I just read you guys that last two, those last two paragraphs there, you would instantly think cult. Like it instantly sounds like a cult with the great uh, awakening and, and these, these names that just scream a religious belief almost. Yeah. I mean, I, I think a lot of what I said still applies, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to rehash it too much, but it, it's, it certainly have, has evolved in interesting ways. And, and I think a lot of these finer details of the kind of the story would be unknown to most Americans. I mean, people that spend a ton of time on social media or, deep dive YouTube and follow video, video, video to get to some, you know, conspiracy stuff. Maybe I think a lot of this information would feel far out like, well, that couldn't have been happening. <laughs> I think it would genuinely be surprising to a lot of people, but doesn't make it less scary. But it, I think it would be surprising to a lot more people than they realize. You're right. Exactly right. For those who followed QAnon, its leader was a patriot who had dedicated his entire life to exposing those who were attempting to undermine the Trump administration. He also allegedly said coded messages about his existence, which could only be cracked using the number 17. Um, age of consent? I don't know. Like, <laughs> just a random number. But uh, mm. 
The next few months saw QAnon and its beliefs increasingly becoming ingrained in American society. When COVID-19 outbreak hit the country, it proved to be instrumental in dismantling medical misinformation, which then brought more followers into the fold. In a September 2020 investigation launched by BBC News, it was found that the majority, if not all, of the disinformation surrounding the pandemic had been the work of QAnon. Among these were death rates, which were made out to be lower and much less severe than they were. There were also baseless assertions regarding vaccines, as well as allegations that the outbreak had actually been caused by a shadowy forces in the government who sought to sow chaos and anarchy in the world to further their own interests. Given the vast reach of QAnon and the internet, it didn't take long before the movement's beliefs had gone international. During the height of the pandemic, people across the United Kingdom, Germany, and more began espousing the group's beliefs, particularly about the virus being nothing more than a conspiracy that aimed to oppress the public. According to many experts, the spread was unsurprising due to the uncertainty that COVID-19 outbreak had caused. So, it's not a surprising thing to see that they were the biggest influence in the misinformation online to the COVID and, and probably led to thousands, if not millions of deaths. I want to know where the 5G conspiracy came into all of this. <laughs> like, when did, when did a cell phone tower upgrade get roped into, like, Donald Trump and pizza shops? Like, I don't understand... And Bill Gates. I, I don't understand the segue. And yeah, Bill Gates. Here's a guy who's trying to give away tons of money to like make the world better. And all of a sudden he's trying to, I don't even, I don't even know. I don't yeah. even know what they're saying he's trying to do. I've just heard it's bad things. I don't know. It, well, th this is the part, Josh, that I've kind of been waiting to chime in on because I think like if you were to draw a Venn diagram of a couple different circles, so I don't know if it, it's, it's something different than Venn. Venn might just be two. But anyway, of like extreme right-wing conservatism, like extreme, super extreme. And then like COVID fears and the ways that, like you mentioned earlier in the episode, like the ways that this just exploits people's desperation and fear. And then like, it, it just in the middle is where this QAnon thing happened. Yeah. And Dylan actually shared an article on his personal Facebook page a while ago saying masks um, are dumb. <laughs> no, yeah. yeah, no, it was it was from Politico magazine and they had Elizabeth Newman, she was a top official at the Department of Homeland Security and she said that QAnon was this fringe thing and it was certainly concerning but then in 2020 with COVID it went on steroids. Yeah. Because you had all these people that are now scared and down with the man and then you mix that with faith and end times. And then no matter what the government does, this is further suppressing us. And so now we're panicking and we can't leave our homes. And this is all government oversight. And it's just like a perfect storm of all these things back to that Venn diagram. And that's that's when I was really getting concerned about it. Oh, absolutely. And that and, and that mixed in with the, the political aspect, which just threw people to either side. You had to pick one side or the other. I'm not yeah. even American and I got, I heard about it all the time, like all the fucking time. <laughs> it was nonstop in the news. But like you said, the Venn diagram, the far right, QAnon overlaps a lot with that one. And and so then moderate right people had to side with them. And then you're on that side. You have to kind of fight with them. And then that starts indoctrinating more and more people who may have just been like <laughs> regular normal people who didn't believe in it. But once you start associating with one side or the other, advertisers fire those those messages at you and and all your friends and supporters of the same group are 
are saying the same messages over and over again, and you have no other choice but to succumb almost to the to the virus that is the mind virus. Uh, yeah, that's why. Like, you got to be so careful about what you even appear to to subscribe to. So there, I mean, there was there was this thing that was happening. Like it, it was where once before when when people would would make the claim that the virus was a synthetic virus of some kind created in a lab and it leaked. That statement has been attached to this whole big government conspiracy that included like various liberals in the United States. And now we're on the other side of that. We're now we're on this where you have liberal leaders who are, who are saying we're going to investigate this very thing over here. And so like I, I, I sympathize a little bit because I, I do see that there was that there was a switch that had happened. But the problem is, is that anybody who wanted to make that point last year, if they looked anything like these crazies over here, <laughs> no one was going to believe you. Right. Like you have no credibility at that point. And so it's it's no wonder that that the media ignored you because you're an ignorable person. <laughs> yeah. And that's I think we all know who I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> and it, like it, you don't have any credibility like yeah. nobody should believe you you don't have authority in these yeah. situations yeah absolutely <laughs> due to this disturbing and astronomical increase of QAnon believers the internet was forced to finally take action twitter disabled accounts related to the movement while facebook closed down large private groups that disseminated its messages thousands of instagram accounts were also removed and even tiktok began banning hashtags related to the conspiracy theories that were associated with it Unfortunately, these efforts were far too little and far too late. QAnon was only forced to figure out more creative ways to attract believers, and soon they had pivoted to using new slogans and new hashtags, which ultimately enabled them to increase their movement on the streets. In addition to the COVID-19 global pandemic, QAnon also turned its attention to allegations of pedophilia and child abuse during the summer of 2020. They created an advocacy called Save the Children, which purportedly claimed to work towards ending human trafficking, but was actually so unhelpful that genuine nonprofit organizations had to publicly beg them to stop clogging up their hotlines with useless advice and fake tips. So, so in their, their effort to make the world a better place, they actually made it worse and probably harder to locate kids, which the irony just, just oozes off this story. <laughs> like a cheese pizza. Like a cheese oh, pizza. Oh, yeah. Really? I wish that was the end of the episode. That would have been perfect. <laughs> but there's way worse stuff coming up. So, <laughs> Oh, good Lord. Do you guys know the company, like the furniture company Wayfair? Have you guys ever yeah. heard of yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> have you guys heard of this story? Yes. Okay, this is a great one. So, <laughs> Wayfair was even dragged into this mess with QAnon conspiracy theorists claiming that human children were being sold on its website disguised as expensive <laughs> cabinets and pillows. <laughs> While it sounded ridiculous to many, it spread like wildfire throughout social media, thanks to countless lifestyle influencers and mommy bloggers who voiced their concerns. So, <laughs> essentially... I, I'm sorry. How, how do you even start <laughs> to make that into a coherent argument? They're act, they, like, they are the furniture? Is this like Pinocchio? No, or like, like I think it's like... Code order. word. If you yeah. order this piece of furniture, what oh. they're actually going to send you is a sex slave. <laughs> because Wayfair is, they have those ridiculous like furniture that's sometimes just stupid price. Like it, ha it has a stupid price on it. It's just $10,000 for a cabinet. And it's like, 
well, I'm not going to pay for that, but some rich asshole might, you know what I mean? And they each have those dumb, like, it'll have like a girl's name or, or like some sort of name. Right. And so people started looking up names of and finding missing children linked to those names and assuming that because they were naming these cabinets after missing children names and the price was so high that it had to be children inside the cabinet or, oh, I don't know if it's children inside the cabinet, but children, not the cabinets. You know what I mean? So that kind of <laughs> backwards jump rope you have to do to get to Wayfair selling children is, is fascinating. I mean, does this, does this feel like the pizza place solution again? <laughs> like can't, can't somebody concerned with enough money, just buy one and see what shows up. And, and like really quickly figure out whether this is a thing or not. Or would I they, can tell you. They would then likely move the goalposts. Kendall ordered 20. I have, I, no, I, I no joke, have a couch and a chair sitting in my family room, both ordered from Wayfair. Oh, wow. And there was no kids in it that you saw? There were no kids in them. I checked. I looked. I looked. Just because. I knew about this story when they, like, they're relatively new. So, like, this, had, this story had already been a thing. Right. And, and so when I... I didn't actually think there was going to be, and that's why I looked at making a joke here. I'm glad you clarified. <laughs> that's what the whole thing is. I, We're supposed I've to said enough to creepy fun. things already that I, I wouldn't blame people for thinking whatever at this point, that's- but... That's what we're here for. This is Mel Brooks. You're yeah. making serious things funny. That's why I said that at the is beginning. If people is? don't know that, they need to <laughs> chill out. That's why. That's why I had you guys on because this was going to be a dark episode anyway. So. It still is. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Is. Thank you for choosing us. Well, <laughs> it's dark and it's not because they're making things way darker than it should be. You know what I mean? Like it could just be like, oh, Wayfair's ripping people off, and that should be, like <laughs> that should be where the yeah. story ends. But they're like, no, there has to be children involved, and it's like, I mean, no, well, no. It, it used to just be a bad company was like Coca Cola, something with Colombian drug lords or something. <laughs> and that was the worst thing a company did. Yeah. And now we're shipping children across the world. Yeah, let's go back to Coke and our Coca Cola. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, those were the days. <laughs> those were Back the in days. the day. <laughs> in the end, the, the theory was traced to a Twitter user named Amazing Polly, who went by the handle 99FreeMind. Based in Ontario, she is largely considered to be one of the biggest QAnon influencers, which was why her tweet about Wayfair storage cabinets names quickly went viral. According to journalist Rachel Greenspan, quote, Alexander Reed Ross, a doctoral fellow at the Center for Analysis of the Radical Right, who tracks white nationalism, told Insider that Pizzagate, Wayfair, and other QAnon theories were a misplaced moral crusade against pedophilia that targeted wealthy elites. He added that the crusade was commonly used to target and take down political opponents, particularly in Russia. End quote. Moreover, Ross claimed that such tactics were used to exploit uh, and weaponized by far-right organizations all over the world. But do you guys know who doesn't exploit or weaponize conspiracy theories for their benefits? The, the products and services that support this podcast. <laughs> They're going to love that intro. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank, thank you for your money. I'm sorry for what this is. I can't think of I can't think of a better press release for uh, for a company. You know who doesn't exploit? Uh, I'm telling you, they don't do it. These companies are off limits, QAnon. Today's episode is brought to you by Omeo. Omeo is a travel booking platform that makes planning a journey in Europe and North America effortless. Just enter your travel details and Omeo will magically give you all the train, bus, flight, and ferry options for your journey. 
It's never been simpler to book your first real vacation for 2021. Best of all, using Omeo saves you time and money. That's a win-win in our books. Omeo wants to help you leave your house this summer by offering 5% off your next booking. Just head to omeo.com and use the code LISTENER5 at checkout. Valid until the 30th of June for new users on all modes of transportation. It's just the pick-me-up 2021 needs. Omeo. Plan, book, and love the journey. Terms and conditions apply. The mythology of QAnon is largely hinged on Donald Trump remaining in the White House, which was why the 2020 presidential election saw them attempting to disrupt it at every turn by sowing even more lies and misinformation. As polls began to close and as states started releasing their initial results, the group increased its efforts. So this is where we start to get into the political side of things, and I think we know where all this is going. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know, because I'm, I'm from Canada, so I don't actually know how the voting works down there. Did you guys notice like a different feel for this election than any other election? Well, it was in the middle of a pandemic, so there were huge <laughs> pushes to vote by mail, which doesn't normally happen. And I, that's the only thing I would say I felt. Okay. And at least in our state, I don't know that there was any sort of bipartisan bickering over voting by mail. I know that did happen in some state, but I, I never noticed it seemed pretty uniform that Ohio was like, yeah, everyone can just vote by mail if they don't <laughs> want to vote in person. And and that was it. And you guys um, are like, we're too lazy to get off our couches. We're good with that. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, we do. My wife and I do that anyways. Yeah. It's just easier. You, you know, it. It's at your house a month before or something, and then you drop it back in the mail. But I don't know, Corey, Kendall, did you guys notice anything? Did it feel different other than the added push for vote by mail? Not for me. I voted in person the way that I always have done before. It was kind of that simple for me. It was, It's interesting to me that Ohio wasn't really, to my knowledge, a big battleground for how are we going to vote? I mean, there was some discussion around it, but it wasn't a national issue for the state of Ohio. And Ohio is is one of those, it, they, they call it a swing state because mm-hmm. it, we can go either way as a state. So we have plenty of representation from both sides to fight over things like this. But I don't remember it being much of an issue here. That's interesting. Because I'm just over here realizing that not only do we have an episode with the words underground pizza in the title, we also have one <laughs> called fake election results. So we're looking real cute. On over here. Oh no. <laughs> and we only meant that because we weren't saying that the election results were fake. We were just making up our own because there were no results yet. Oh. So we just went off on a crazy <laughs> tangent about, you know, what had happened, even though it hadn't. And then it got flagged by like YouTube. It's one of our least viewed and downloaded episodes. Didn't we joke that like Florida became its own country? as one of the things we were joking about. Somebody or became their own country. Yeah. That yeah. needs to happen. As a result of the election. <laughs> yeah. We were like yeah. making up totally bizarre things that had happened just, just for fun. Not well, realizing Carolina, when we North made... Carolina merged. That was... Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Not realizing in hindsight, we should go back and like retroactively change the name of that episode, <laughs> I think, or just nobody will ever listen to it. And that's fine. Keep it up for the controversial clicks. That's what you need. <laughs> you'll have QAnon guys going there to to get mad at you. And you'll have everyday people going there to get mad at you. And then they're all just disappointed yeah. in what's, what's happening. Yeah. And, <laughs> if, and, we see, if we see a new QAnon conspiracy theory that's like, did you guys know that the Carolinas are actually just one state now? Then we'll know. I'm going to be so proud. Yeah. <laughs> 
And this is all based on the assumption that more than like 20 people listen to our podcast. That's what I was just getting ready to say. (laughs) Well, I'm sending them all your way. Go, everyone go listen to that episode. (laughs) You're giving us significantly more poll in the United States than, than we have let alone in the city of Columbus, Ohio. There we go. (laughs) All right, where were we? So one of the conspiracies they had was they claimed that the Dominion voting system, which manufactured the voting machines, had intentionally deleted millions of votes that were meant for Trump. This was quickly debunked by Chris Kerbs, the director of the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency. But by then, then President Trump had already tweeted it out on his official account. You know what's not up for debate? Uh, libel and slander against private companies because they'll sue you very quickly and try to get you to reverse course on those kind of claims. He's in trouble right now, isn't he? Oh, well, so what happened with Dominion, I think they like immediately were suing Trump and Giuliani for the claims that their systems were like hacked or whatever. And they immediately had to like turn and and they couldn't (laughs) keep saying that because like that was just going to play into a lawsuit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's one thing for for different sides of the political aisle to bicker about something because you can you can make things up or lie or whatever and kind of get away with stuff and not worry about being fact-checked unless you're going to go and do some kind of interview with an anchor. But yeah, you can't do that against a private company. They'll come no. after you. <laughs> uh, yeah, which is good. You know, I don't think that should be allowed. QAnon supporters also began tweeting the hashtag subpoena Obama in the belief that the Obama administration had done all of that they could to undermine Trump before they left the White House. According to the network Contagion Research Institute, which tracks misinformation across social websites, this hashtag racked up approximately 4,000 tweets per hour, with high-profile conservative influencers like radio host Glenn Beck even adding their voice to the discussion. To quote CNN... Rather than a nebulous group that amplifies messages organically at the grassroots level, QAnon appears to also be an occasional architect of the messages that, through coordinated behavior, make their way to most powerful factions of the Republican Party, end quote. And we've seen that. There, started, there are QAnon senators now, I, I believe, which is, <laughs> it's, it's starting to spread everywhere where it's not funny anymore. It's like when you're getting tickled, you're like, ah, ha, ha. And then it gets to that middle point where you're like, get the fuck off me. <laughs> it's almost too much at that point. From the chaos of the 2020 presidential elections emerged Joe Biden, whose victory left QAnon dumbfounded and furious, largely because their beliefs had depended on Trump getting reelected and remaining in the White House for another four years. This spurred them to create the Stop the Steal movement, which focused on voter fraud allegations. It became so widespread that even Donald Trump himself, along with his lawyer and former mayor of New York City, Rudy Giuliani, tweeting about it. Adding fuel to the fire was the conspiracy theory that Trump had secretly watermarked several mail-in ballots so that he could have evidence of the deep state and the Democratic Party committing election fraud. (laughs) So he's just sending in fake ballots, watermarked, to see how they go through, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Committing election fraud to prove election fraud? Yeah, that's almost, yeah, that is what's happening. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Are you a lawyer, Kendall? Because you could <laughs> you could do this, I think. No. No, Again, okay. I just made that up. <laughs> so. You're like, no one take me seriously. I don't want to be sued. Don't believe a thing I say. <laughs> a few months afterwards, Dino Velitan, Velitanwick, a high-profile figure of the far right tweeted a video of workers in Maricopa County, Arizona, allegedly scanning ballots under blue light. He accompanied that by saying, quote, 
Donald Trump told us the 2020 election would be stolen via fake printed ballots. The media and left labeled us as conspiracy theorists. The Maricopa County audit is confirming the rumor that a special watermark is on the real ballots. No wonder the Democrats tried to stall, end quote. Armed with these false facts from QAnon, the Trump administration tried its best to undermine and overturn the results of the 2020 presidential election. For instance, they questioned the results filed by Georgia, a state that has historically belonged to the Republicans. While Georgia isn't traditionally considered an electoral battleground, it became one during the campaign's final few weeks and ultimately ended up flipping in favor of Joe Biden. Naturally, this set off a wave of conspiracy theories regarding the fake ballots, forgery, machine hacking, and collusion, which led to the Trump administration filing several lawsuits against the state. In November 2020, the Trump campaign and Georgia Republican Party alleged that late ballots were illegally counted. However, this case was dismissed without prejudice. (laughs) Another lawsuit claimed that votes were miscounted due to a software glitch, although this was later voluntarily dismissed. One of the more popular conspiracy theories to emerge from this involved a Georgia election worker named Ruby Freeman, who was accused of producing thousands of fake ballots that ultimately swung the vote to Joe Biden. All of Trump and QAnon's claims may have been systematically debunked by both government officials and experts alike. However, their supporters weren't swayed. This staunch belief in conspiracy theories that were spreading across the internet came to a head on January 6, 2021, when the unthinkable happened. On that day, a mob of angry Americans, of which at least 34 were confirmed QAnon supporters, stormed the United States Capitol building and disrupted the certification of President-elect Joe Biden's victory, which was taking place at the time. Nearly all of them had come directly from Trump's Save the America rally that had occurred that morning on the Ellipse, which was a park located near the White House. During this gathering, Trump, along with his sons and lawyer, spoke about how the election had been stolen from them, which unsurprisingly fired up the crowd. He further urged them to head over to the Capitol, where the Electoral College votes were being counted in the House of Representative chambers. To end his speech, Trump reportedly said that, quote, We fought like hell, and if you don't fight like hell, you're not going to have a country anymore. So we are going to walk down to Pennsylvania Avenue. I love Pennsylvania Avenue. (laughs) And we are going to to the Capitol, end quote. I feel like I missed out an opportunity to do a Trump impression, but I feel (laughs) I would have just made everyone angry at me if I tried it. (laughs) But to, to the point of us hating each other, like right and left, people in the middle, like you... I feel we can hate the leaders of these organizations and be justified in doing so. Like Trump knows the sway he has over these people. He knows what he was doing when he sent these people to the Capitol. Like he knew it had to escalate like with, with the words he was using. So as I say, for most cults, you can't necessarily blame the victims of the cult, but you can sure as fuck blame the leaders. So that's going to be my catchphrase. I think for the, I'm going to make that a shirt maybe. (laughs) So yeah. So I feel bad for the people that, we're so brainwashed that they did this, but to a degree, it's the same degree as the cheese pizza guy. You know, it's uh, you take responsibility for your own actions, but I can see how you were turned so far to this this side of things where you let it escalate and eventually storm the Capitol. So, yeah, I mean, innocent until proven guilty is is obviously an important phrase in America. And I, I frequently say something to the effect of everyone deserves the benefit of the doubt except politicians. <laughs> True. And so I, I, it's funny because that's a sentiment that would be shared by virtually every American, that if you just say in general, politicians are corrupt <laughs> or aren't good people, 
unless you're maybe talking about a local council person, yeah. you know, that's your neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> if you're talking about Washington as a place and you're referring to all of them, almost everyone agrees on yeah. that. Until you start actually holding people accountable. True. Right? Yeah. The moment you start naming names, you're going to you're going to piss them off for naming a name on for someone that's on their side. Right. Well, yep. yes. So. Yeah, yeah. As, soon as, as soon as you start talking about somebody with an R or a D beside their name, that's yeah. when you polarize people. But if you talk about, in general, politicians, the the disapproval ratings are like 90 plus percent and, for and, most people. It's insane. And to your point, it's because when you just say politicians are dumb, everyone thinks of a different politician when they think of right, that person's right. dumb. <laughs> and so, so we get this like almost, we're on the same side, and then you realize, uh, oh, okay, we're not really on the same <laughs> side, but... All right, back to uh, Capital Insurrection. <laughs> By 1 p.m. that afternoon, rioters had already begun clashing with authorities stationed on the steps of the Capitol buildings. An hour later, they were able to breach the police line, allegedly helped by several officers, and began scaling its walls before continuing inside. All the while, photos of the mob on the Senate floor and inside the offices of congressional leaders were released to the public. The insurrection was over by 8 p.m., thanks in part to Donald Trump, who tweeted a video of him saying, quote, I know your pain. I know you're hurt. We had an election that was stolen from us. It was a landslide election, and everyone knows it, especially the other side. But you have to go home now. We have to have peace. We have to have law and order. So go home. We love you. You're very special. I know how you feel, but go home and go in peace, end quote. It almost sounds like you're all my special little children. Please, <laughs> time for bed. Like, almost has that air to it, which is funny. Uh, <laughs> if any of the, I wonder if anybody was stationed outside of the pizza shop and then watched that video and turned around and went home. <laughs> just like ready. That, like, their final stand was at the pizza shop. Like, yeah. just wait, something's going to happen here. Something. He's like, where are the kids? Yeah. <laughs> Where's the basement? <laughs> yeah. This may have ended the capital siege, but the incident's ramifications were severe and extremely disturbing. Five people lost their lives that day, including 35-year-old military veteran Ashley Babbitt, who was shot by police officers and was allegedly a recent QAnon supporter. At least 68 arrests were also made, with 41 of them taking place on Capitol grounds. Given that so many participants in the mob were tied to QAnon, it didn't take long for the movement to emerge as one of the driving forces behind the insurrection. Even FBI Director Christopher Wray was forced to assure the American public that the agency would soon be preparing a public report regarding domestic threats from the organization and its believers. The aftermath of the siege also saw law enforcement given a document that contained a list of online indicators that could be used to identify QAnon supporters, which included the hashtags and phrases that they used regularly. Across the nation, authorities were also warned about potential violent incidences that could occur in the wake of the Capitol insurrection and the publicity that QAnon gained from it. So they were like, well, this happened to America. It can happen anywhere, which is very true. I was very worried because, I mean, as much as we make fun of America, we, we do look up to you guys because you guys are like the the guide for freedom kind of in the modern world. You know what I mean? Like, And when you guys start fucking up, it's scary because we're like, well, then we're, we're actually screwed. Like we got China over here and Russia doing their thing and you guys are just fighting each other. <laughs> and the rest of us are just just watching... In, with bated breath, 
hoping you guys figure it out. I remember a lot of comics and memes around that time that were like, Canada's the one now that wants to build the wall because of all the crazy tomfoolery going on over here. I've been saying that for years. I said we should build a, <laughs> a bridge to Mexico and <laughs> just <laughs> uh, walk over. But no, I mean, yeah. It's tough because, I mean, Canada's not innocent in any of this and neither is Mexico. They're like, or UK, we all have QAnon supporters now and it's all, it's all of our problems now. It doesn't matter where it started. And to be clear, we like making fun of ourselves. Nobody else is <laughs> just allowed to make fun of us in front of us. Right, right. So, but it's totally fine if we do it. That's We're fair. Allowed. Yeah, I mean, you guys can make fun of Canada if you want. There's there's lots to make fun of right now. So I wouldn't. There was a video, and uh, I'll reference it quickly. The an American hockey team was playing in Canada, and the singer's <laughs> mic went out during the American national anthem, and without skipping a beat, the Canadian crowd. I'm sure there were some Americans there too, but the Canadian crowd instantly picked up and sang the rest of the American national anthem. And that was, I think I cried actually when I watched that video. It was a very sweet moment for our brethren to the North. And not that I didn't like Canada and that made me like Canada. I've always had fond feelings towards our Northern neighbors, but that especially was like, that's not one Canadian doing something nice. That's like 50,000 Canadians doing something really cool that's that true, transcended yeah. like political <laughs> international borders. And so it was a very sweet thing. I, w- I can't, I couldn't bring myself to make fun of, of any Canadian friends. I just uh, had the mental image of, of Dylan seeing that occur on TV <laughs> on the wall of a hole in the wall Canadian pizza shop and then turning around <laughs> and walking out. Yeah. Just weeping. I, I mean, it was a beautiful moment. And like, you know, Tommy boy, where they're singing the song in the car together with the top down sobbing while they're singing. <laughs> That's probably how I looked watching this video. It was just so sweet. And we all know that sports have these moments that can like bring people together. And I think it was just one of those. Yeah. Um, I feel like we're going to have to share it off of, you know, on, on our social page just um, because it's so sweet. Which is saying something, because if you Canadians got my brother to cry, we joke that he's a robot. So that's... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we just, well done. We, yeah, well, that's, that's awesome. That's good. To, that's nice to hear. I can only imagine they were doing it in fear that you guys would storm the border <laughs> in retaliation. <laughs> but we'll go with your Canada. All right. All right. We like, we like Canada. I mean, you got, you guys got to get your bacon situation straightened out, but other uh, than that, oh, you don't like Canadian bacon. It's just not bacon. That's oh all. My goodness. I don't know if that's if this is the forum to talk about that, but we need a podcast called Bacon or Not Bacon. Just... Well, you, you made up with your bacon issues with poutine. Thank you so much for that. True. If anyone wants to know what our podcast is like, this is very much in line with, <laughs> with right, what our show is like. Here. Just this just just clip this whole section and make it an episode. <laughs> it could it could be a section on uh, yeah, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. So if you feel like we're off the rails, we're doing it right. <laughs> That's exactly right. Can we talk about mashed potatoes at some point? Yeah, we'll we'll get there. Perfect. Probably have domestic terrorism to cover or something. Let's yeah. Go ahead. Well, we're at the end of that. We're at the end of the domestic. <laughs> it's hard to fully comprehend the impact that QAnon has had on American society. The country is widely perceived as fragmented with people fighting about everything from wearing face masks inside of stores to the policy that the Biden administration has introduced so far. Unfortunately, these conflicts are bound to continue given how QAnon and its supporters seem to be far from ready to stop. 
And that, my friends, is the end of QAnon. Well, not really. It's still going. Let's hope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How How are you guys feeling? I, I know that was a heavy episode. No. <laughs> how are you guys Jeez. feeling about about QAnon? Well, how many how many cult episodes do you walk away from feeling light, Josh? <laughs> <sighs> one, maybe. <laughs> yeah. It was uh, John Froome one. If anyone wants a happy one, go check that one out. It was kind yeah. of funny, but. <laughs> You know, it's funny, the last part that you said about a lot of infighting or whatever over everything, that's kind of par for the course for America. And I don't mean that in a bad way. That's fair. like we are a very it's it's a very large country indiv- specifically built to allow regions or our states to dramatically influence how people can live in that state versus another state. I mean, New York State and West Virginia, and Florida, and Texas, and California, and Washington are all very different from one another. Yeah. And, and it's, it's built that way for a reason. So I think a lot of what appears to be infighting, which don't get me wrong, it certainly happens and it's concerning a little bit, but a lot <laughs> of what appears to be infighting from external sources is also kind of just normal. Like, yeah. I mean, we even get down to the nitty gritty of like, Cincinnati chili is trash. You got to go to... <laughs> I mean, you got it. Cleveland has this and that's way better Chicago than Chicago. Deep dish is way better Chicago, than New York. <laughs> like we argue over stuff like the New York slice versus wet. Nobody thinks West Coast pizza is pizza except the people on the West Coast. And so it's like, you know, a lot of that is normal. And and it's almost it's almost like how siblings fight, but you still love each other. But it, because, you know, I mean, your family, but like. Yeah, you know, you're you're also sometimes are a little more harsh because it's your family. I, that feels true to me yeah. in America. That we don't have a poutine that like everybody can just <laughs> say unites. Awesome. Yeah, that unites the whole country because it's a big. And Canada's huge too, yeah. but a lot of your population is very close to the border, where ours is very spread out in a lot of different type of environments and cultures and foods. And so I, I think some of it seems a lot worse than it might be, but some of it is legitimately concerning. Yeah, it's it's like you said, it's it's par for the course. I mean, it's in your constitution. You know, like number one, we can say whatever the fuck we want, and then number two, we can have guns to, to back up whatever we say. So it's like it was it was gonna happen. Like it's it's it, your <laughs> your country is based off of rebellion and 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 trying to beat your own people. So it, it does make sense. I, I I I like that sentiment that maybe it's more normal than we think, and it's just a little hyped up, kind of comforting. <laughs> yeah, well, I, hopefully that's true, and. I, it, to me, it always feels a little bit like Europe. It would almost be like saying the whole EU is is kind of the same. True. And it's yeah. like that is that is a wildly <laughs> different group of independent countries now taking even bigger landmass, spread people out even further. And well, and they were uh, trying to kill each other seventy years ago. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, certainly have ancient history involved there too. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's one of those things that that people forget. The U.S. is very big and purposefully set up to let people live very different lives depending on where they choose to be. And uh, and it's it's in some ways what makes us special, I think, special. Yeah. Not the only country in the world like that, but it is it is unique to us. So no, I, I like that. That's a that's a great, almost uplifting point. If we can, if we can find an uplifting part. less concerned, it gives you something to end on a more positive note. Yeah. That, uh, well, Maybe you don't need the wall after all. Uh, well, we'll keep it in the back pocket. <laughs> but before we go, I do like to end off my show with a segment called Cult Critique. Basically, my guests and I take a look at the cult we just discussed and we give it a rating out of five stars as if it were a Yelp review. And then we give comments uh, on why we gave that rating. 
Um, so are you guys ready to oh, rate the QAnon cult? Indeed. <laughs> Go ahead, Corey. Let, let take it away. I want to see what you rate. Uh, uh, clarifying question. What constitutes five stars versus one star is like. Yeah, this is why I had I mean, to put in the, the crazier is the higher star <laughs> or the more threatening is the higher star. I leave it up to interpretation. That's why I added the comments after the go. rating is because I felt the rating itself was just a little bit okay. too vague. Your comments so, will inform cool. your yeah. rating. So you could be okay. like one star, too many conspiracies or not enough poutine or whatever you want to say. Uh, dude, that's what I was going to say. Damn it. <laughs> I'll cut it out. Um, so Corey, take it away. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go with four, because for a cult who we don't know who your leader is, you've never identified yourself, and almost everything you've predicted hasn't come to fruition. (laughs) You've gotten a couple of our family members, so you're pretty darn effective. (laughs) I love it. All right. Uh, Kendall? I was going to say that, well, I was going to use mashed potatoes. I was going to say one star, no mashed potatoes. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's perfect. <laughs> we'll leave it, it. We'll leave it at that. I, I love that. Dylan, go ahead. Uh, I'll, I'll say two out of five. Love the mysterious leadership. Um, don't like that you knock pizza. Uh, wouldn't insurrection again. That's awesome. I love that. I love how you guys mostly incorporated food in every one of your ratings. So that is. What I appreciate we do. that. Thank you, Fred, for listening. Corey, if you don't mind, please tell the listeners where they can find your podcast. We are at From the Mid Pod Everywhere. We are not political. But we are three middle class guys living in the middle of America in the middle chapters of our lives with a point of view that's somewhere in the middle. That's kind of our shtick. If you like hard pivots and tangents and <laughs> rabbit trails, we are the show for you. We've had professional comedians. We've had New York Times bestselling artists. We've had news anchors kind of all over comedy, culture, entertainment the occasional interview about once a month like to have a lot of fun keep it lighthearted and family friendly and uh, yeah we'd love to have you that's awesome guys yeah definitely go check out their podcast it's it's hilarious sometimes informing lots of talk about food and and i love it so it, definitely go check them out so links are in the description so go go give them a listen and subscribe thank you everyone for listening and thanks to dylan Corey, and kendall for coming on today and we will see you next time That was fun. This podcast is brought to you by Audible. Have you been wanting to read more, but don't seem to have the time? Well, with Audible, you can read your books without having to find the extra time in your busy schedule. Stuck in traffic on your way home from work? Why not marathon the Harry Potter books? In the gym and want to learn about the First Lady? Well, you can listen to Becoming Michelle Obama while doing Leg Day. And if you go to audibletrial.com slash cultivate, you get a month free of Audible. That includes one credit that you can trade in for any audiobook of your choice, access to thousands of audiobooks free to listen to with your account, and best of all, you have access to all of your favorite podcasts in the app as well. So be sure to go to my link, audibletrial.com cultivate, that's C-U-L-T-I-V, the number eight, to sign up for a free month of Audible and start reading today. Thank you, Audible, for supporting the show.